This is a new old order, and I am Chancellor Zane C. Weber of the National Council of Zane Australia, here with my colleagues from across the seas. One who thinks he's better than he is, and one who has a pretty good idea of how good he is and is disappointed. I know I said that because we're taking this again that I would look up a tile. I couldn't find it. So I'm still- <laughs> Still a disappointment. Still a disappointment. <laughs> I'm your number one contender and I'm still working this part out for the end of the episode. Sebastian of the United States of South America. Oh, you think you're so much better than you are. <laughs> Showcasing how consistent of a leader I am, I think. How conceited as a leader consistent. you are. Consistent. It's a, consistently conceited. It's a miracle that you haven't been overthrown. I will say that much. It's because no if one the, can find you. <laughs> <it. laughs> I'm very good He's dug in so far <laughs> in his tunnels. <laughs> And I am Andrew Schossler, the most supreme, magnificent overlord of everything you ever saw in the great confederacy of Andropolia. And if you're joining us for the first time, each of us run a virtual nation on the nation simulator, nationstates.net. And we try to deal with issues each week at the table while maintaining our own specific political idea of utopia. Oh, specific it is. I'm amazed at how much crossover we have and yet how vastly different our nations have become. Mm. Our end goal is the same. Our methodology, very different. And that's the surprising part. Mm. So we also deal with a five-episode arc every five episodes where a gypsy has cursed us with a global catastrophe and we're currently dealing or not dealing with (laughs) a pandemic. Andropolia, I have to say, is handling this rather well. I will say, last week you made significant strides. Congratulations. Oh, we rolled out a, a, a program that more than makes up for our, you know, lacking in, in, in the first two weeks. Specifically after Zane Australia took most of the weight off of Andropolia by accepting all of those people who were fleeing. Well done. Yeah. Uh, we had some pretty pretty good times in South America. We identified the cause of the illness and then treated it with compassion. <laughs> no, you, <laughs> just, right? you, you, you treated it by not killing compassion. The people. <laughs> Let them live normal lives. I'd some, say problem solved. Some might say that's a challenge in itself sometimes, yep. just not pulling the trigger. Now, Zane Australia has an issue this week. Uh, now, we've had this issue before, but I believe the cause is different. Down with that, question mark? It sounds familiar, Ooh. yeah. A Zane Australian cruise ship has run aground last week in the treacherous waters off the southern coast because of a disease outbreak and a panic. I see. I'm saying. (laughs) The captain, Conan Jordan, had infamy bestowed upon him after it was found that he abandoned ship before all the passengers on board safely made it off. Oh, I remember Defying centuries of maritime tradition. Yeah, Seb had this issue, didn't you? It sounds very familiar, yes. 20 people drowned in that accident and that scumbag decided his life was more important. Important, rhetorically asks Jennifer Rasputin, one of the surviving passengers of the ship, still visibly shaken by what has occurred. Ship captains should always see see to it that everyone on board gets off safely before they do. After all, they can't direct a rescue effort if they aren't on the actual ship. If they don't, we must punish these cowards to the fullest extent of the law. That makes sense. They're in, in an office of responsibility. Absolutely. You would chastise a uh, an airline pilot for abandoning, yeah, just, just jumping <laughs> a, out a and going. Plane. Let's see what autopilot can do. 
Not um, as much you, as you you've think. all got parachutes, right? <laughs> See ya. Uh, option number two. Let's not be too hasty about assigning blame here, counters Captain Jordan, who's remarkably shorter and skinnier than you expected him to be. And remarkably sounding like Owen Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just as traumatised as anyone else. I was actually helping coordinate the rescue operation, albeit from the safety of land. It's not my duty to add to the death toll, is it? Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, that seems like a sniveling little yeah, I mean, coward talk. Why are you even on a boat at all? If you, can't you just steer it from by yeah. remote control? Like, <laughs> but, it, but it also has to be said if, um, okay, the captain on the ship, it's tradition, a long-standing tradition that he's the last one off the ship. Yeah, but why? If, if if at all he goes down with the ship, if that's if that's the case, but if he genuinely was trying to coordinate a rescue effort, and you know he was in the position to yeah. get off the get off the ship and coordinate it from land, uh, that seems also like a reasonable response from him. Might not be accepted if it was genuine. Yes. Okay. Kind of seems like an excuse. Yes. Uh, option number three of three. That captain is nothing but a lily-lithered landlubber, scoffs Rear Admirable Wood. When Australia first took to the seas, the ship's captain was obliged to go down with a ship, even if they were within spitting distance of the shore. It was the honourable thing to do back then. We should return to our maritime traditions, and any captain who doesn't like it should be given a good old keel hole in. <laughs> so this is a reintroduction of old-timey maritime law? Yeah, I guess. Just like... That would supersede current legislation, or it would be whacked on top of that? So I, w- so- I, w- I would say that we would be incorporating... Those laws and traditions into our current legislation. I think that's what they're suggesting. Okay. Um, And so I think specifically because of the pandemic and of of an outbreak happening and then the captain abandoning ship and then trying to uh, coordinate rescue from land, Mm -hmm. I would say that because he was in a position of power and responsibility for the people under his care, we need to reinforce that people in positions of power and responsibility must follow through with that. Okay, that the makes idea sense. Of, the idea of a shallow uh, government where many people are involved in many different levels of power relies on the fact that people feel responsibility for their fellow men and aren't acting merely in their own interests but are taking into account the people who have trusted them with, say, a city councillor position okay. or a, a sheriff or whatever it is. So you would maintain the legislation on this rather than going with option two, which would then leave it up for a, yeah. a pu- public opinion to decide what happens with the captain. Well, so option and, number and, one. And what happens with the company for that matter mm, because I'm yeah. sure they'll be subject to a whole heap of civil suits. So option number one insists that the captain stay on the ship yeah. and take responsibility and if they don't, punish them for the, to the fullest extent of the law. Okay. Option number two is that they can do whatever they want and if they're actually trying to help 
Well, actually, option number two, I think, is just to pardon him because he's like, I was in a dangerous situation. I got out of the dangerous situation. Then I did what I could. Either to pardon or at least not bring criminal charges yeah. against him. Okay. So I'm leaning towards number one okay. to kind of to reinforce that officials in Zane Australia need to take care of those placed in their care. Okay. Um, particularly because we've had so much immigration um, to kind of reaffirm that the structure of Zane Australia, the welfare system, the healthcare system is here to help those that need it. Right. Rather than that you're going to be abandoned the soon as the the second that the person above you is no longer personally invested in helping you. Well, being abandoned isn't necessarily, you know, implied that that would always be the case. Of course. But I, I, negligence will be um punished basically. Yeah. I would I would be inclined to go with number 2 simply because I would leave it up to the free market to decide which which companies you want to you know entrust with your safety you know based on their reputation based on their procedures based on whatever um you know people they they have what what, what kind of resume they have yeah sure um, and I would leave it and, and and I would not bring the uh the courts into it at all I'm assuming that this is a government owned cruise ship Okay. Well, everything else is. 60% of <laughs> So wait, the private company owns the lifeboats? How does that yeah. split? <laughs> I believe the Submarican option was the keel hauling. I'm trying to remember what I did. You definitely went the keel hauling option. I can't remember how you spun it. What was it? What, sorry, can you, you explain it again to me? Sorry. What the, what, what the, the captain is nothing but a lily-livid lily landlubber um, and the captain was obliged to go down with a ship even if they were easily savable, and we should go back to those traditions. And if they don't, then we should be free to give them a good old keel hauling. I don't remember doing that at all, did I? Yeah, it's it possible. It's I did something about corporal punishment and letting the navy take care of themselves. Yeah, uh, it was. It was I, worded differently. Yeah, was it during like this series where we've been having other issues to deal with at the same yes. time? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, that's we probably what's affected me then because I yeah. don't. I, I believe so. I'm not a huge fan of um, murdering people at sea. Well, it's not. It wasn't murdering, but corporal punishment. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to option number one to kind of reinforce that the government is here to help mm -hmm. where they can, regardless of uh, personal inclinations, and that has had the effect of captains must wait until all rats are safe <laughs> before jumping ship. <laughs> oh, that's extreme. <laughs> no, no, no. These rats are sentient. They are members of Saint Australian society. <laughs> they are taxpayers. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably poets. Next you're going to tell me they hold Medicare cards and yeah, el eligible for the dole every other week. Well, they were talking not too long ago, so maybe they already are. <laughs> Tourism industry braces for influx. City workers harassed by street urchins. Flush with cash, our shopping guide inside. Average disposable income up 1.2%. Social conservatism, 0.9. Uh, income equality, up 0.4. Economic output, 0.4. Average income, 0.4. That's pretty much social conservatism, up 0.9. Ideological radicality, up 0.1. Right. Tourism and safety, both up a little bit. Uh, biggest downs, taxation, down 0.5. Not sure why. Wealth gaps, down 0.4. Uh, cheese exports, down 0.4. Obesity, down 0.2. Uh, that's... Welfare down point four, not mm -hmm. big changes. Not big at all. Uh, and just out of reference, um, Seb dealt with this in episode seventy-eight when we were uh, facing the world power nuclear conflict. Ah, uh, yes. 
Oh, it was to give. Ca- that's right. No, it was, it was give- to give captains complete leeway yeah, in dealing with uh, anything that happens on board. It was, yeah, it was to free yeah. up military options. They wouldn't have to go through me. Yeah, and no, make that's cool. that's some- I knew there had to be something there that would make me do that because it was, yeah, very out of character. <laughs> All right, well, that's in Australia. Who else has an issue? My issue, but you had a perfect segue for me. Can you say the word change again one more time? Because I, I was going to use it, then Andrew gave us a history talk. Change. Speaking of change, I have just the issue that I think is very relevant to them, the word change. Um, all right, brother, can you spare a dime? This is actually another issue that we've, <laughs> we've dealt with before. <laughs> so it's a big old nostalgia episode. <laughs> Uh, since the minting of pennies is twice as costly as the coin's oh, stated yeah. value, the idea of removing the smallest fraction of the big dollar has been brought to your attention. There are two options. Guarantee one is keep the penny and one is ditch the penny. <laughs> let's, let's, let's read on to see. We are wasting millions of big dollars on minting pennies, raves an unusually passionate policy advocate, Virginia Dawson, while handing out penny dreadful t-shirts to all your staff. And also people have to waste time scrambling through their purses and wallets just to dig out one hundredth of a big dollar. It's actually one thousandth of a big dollar. What? Is that how big the big dollar is? There's a regular dollar and there's a big dollar. Our (sighs) currency. So a hundred cents make a dollar. A hundred dollars make a big dollar. A hundred big dollars make a hundred big dollars. It's pretty simple stuff. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, can't, so, can't fault that logic. Yep. Um, blah, blah, blah. Get rid of your stupid worthless coin. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what line I've read <laughs> no, up to, but that's the point. It's good to see you paying so much attention to <laughs> your constituents. Uh, option two. That flies in the face of all of our time-honored traditions, counters another advocate. This one <laughs> bedecked in, uh, in a full period dress. Our favorite national hero is portrayed on the storied one-cent coin. So it'd be unpatriotic to discard the penny as worthless scrap, especially since pennies lower prices slightly for the poorest of poor. Very, very slightly. <laughs> so listen. Not, in, not in the aggregate there, if you're spending more yeah. in minting them, yep. which the United States genuinely does. Yeah. Oh, look at them go. It, it costs like 2.7 cents to make a one cent coin yeah. in America at the moment. Yeah. And so, that's all because of a lot of underhanded, shady yeah. deals that go back a long time. Now, well, the 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 reserve and the the mint. No, it's it's um, it's minted by a private company who negotiated with with the mint exclusive rights on yeah. minting just the just the one cent coin. It's ridiculous. So. How is this I'm addressing thinking? the pandemic? Well, this is why this is why I picked it. Because okay, firstly, I'll be honest. Cars on the table. None of my issues in my in my little book in my little uh, pile here directly address anything to do with sickness or health. Well, I guess everybody's but, so happy with how you dealt with the big topian threat. I think I nailed it. But yeah, <laughs> so it's like, hey, you know who brought the sickness? That guy. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave him be, though. Don't don't look at him. No, seriously. No, thanks, guys. I'm don't pay him attention, but don't not pay attention to him either. I'm just going to be down in my tunnels. <laughs> Bye. So the reason I'm going with option one, which is to get rid of the penny, is the amount of germs that are carried on coins <laughs> is is ridiculous. And during a time of a health crisis like such, I think that if we can if we can afford to lose this coin financially, then we can afford to do it on on medical reasons as well. And I think that's pretty well connected to it. Now I think that there is a very good case to obviously this option doesn't 
exist on your I'm going to click it, while you're talking can I click to adopt this option or no, is it going to stop me why don't you weaponize the pennies okay, so I'm and shoot the sick people <laughs> so that they're no longer a threat you're saying we should just okay some, no I'm hitting adopt um, <laughs> you can just build a wall out of all the pennies what if the disease has a ladder <laughs> how about you round up all the sick people put them in ovens now we're talking stick the pennies in there so it keeps the heat in so, guys, I've already selected the option <laughs> of remove the pennies. Or brand them. Use the pennies, heat them up in the oven, of and course. brand them. This is an infected person. Steer clear. You can probably just tell because they're constantly shooting themselves. You can, you can have multiple pennies arranged into different shapes. So you can have triangles for the homosexual infected people. You can have stars for the, for the Jewish infected people. <laughs> Discarded pennies litter the streets. Well, that's cute. It's like decoration. I've seen a, a guy uh, sort of set them down on his floor instead of tiles oh, and then laminate over the top of it. I and want it looks, it. It looks beautiful. I want that in all of my houses yeah. when I have several houses. <laughs> Community groups win government support. <laughs> Best of missed connections. Forests ripe for plunder, comma, profit. 12-page <laughs> sports lift out inside. Once again, two boring weeks in a row for me. Charmlessness up 2%, freedom, freedom from taxation and weather up 1%. And then it patters off into the points. As for the downs, tourism, primitiveness, and basket weaving down 2%. <laughs> Book publishing and culture down 1%. This did nothing. This did literally fuck all. Even like I thought we'd just like we'd have a bit more cash on our end just from saving money from not making something that was costing us more to create than to use. Seb, you've just Didn't discarded a whole heap of money. You just said all these one cent coins are no longer money. Taxation went down almost a whole percent. My goodness. But yeah, I, I just How much ex- money were you spending on pennies? Yeah. A lot. <laughs> but I, I just thought like my economy would go up a little bit because it'd be just Luckily, extra cash flow. You've solved the pandemic. Indeed. Wait, wait. Does that say that then? I solved the pandemic. Uh, Pennydemic. Yep. I mean small demic. That's very small, clever. Yeah. yeah. Small because you've solved it now, haven't you? It's a lot smaller now. Yeah. But also, I mean, like legitimately less gems are being spread because people aren't touching as many coins. That's a thing. I mean, like Yeah, it's not like I they can touch other coins. But they'll have to touch other less coins. They'll now coins. have to doubly handle because then, you know, they'll, oh, do I give you five cents or? Well, now you don't get changed for a lot of things. So you're not, you're only touching a coin once yourself and not getting stuff back necessarily from the shop. Yeah, but you're also going to be fiddling around for, you know, loose change because now you're actually paying more for the Maybe services that you used to. Card because like, I don't have, I don't want the change. I can't have it. Some, some local shops may not have updated their prices yet. Now they can't give change. Maybe there's just FPOS everywhere. But think of but think of everybody in those shops when those when those cash registers open. They are just beset with you know piles of piles of pennies that the shops can no longer get rid of. In I any assume way. there was a trade. All back. those germs are now concentrated in the checkout aisles. Those- I wonder what's happening in Antropolia. I'll tell you. <laughs> Drink driving is on the rise. More and more citizens are drinking before getting behind the wheel. A group of concerned citizens wants something. Done. Another pandemic-heavy issue. Ah, but there is a very good tie-in. Oh, good. <clears throat> Zeus Holt, head of Andropolia's chapter of Alcoholics Anonymous, says that drunk drivers need help. Alcoholism is a nasty thing, a disease. 
Mm-hmm. Much like a pandemic. Oh, so we're having a pandemic of alcoholism. <laughs> no, that's not the pandemic, <laughs> but the solution may be also doubly effective. I see. The government has to help these poor souls to avoid the temptations of liquor and wine and beer and hard cider and brandy and his eyes get a glazed far-off look. Where was I? All right, we have to help these people, not imprison them. Now, if Andropolia institutes a public program mm-hmm. for helping weed people off alcohol, mm-hmm. it's not too far of a jump, I would think, to say that it would also set up a temporary fund and allocation <laughs> of you know, newly freed up youngins to staff the place. In order to give people shots and you know, I mean, bandages. I mean, and if we screenings. were willing to do this and we stretched the bounds of our imagination a little bit further, perhaps Andropolia could claim credit for the, f- fixing hey. everything in the world. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe at the very least, we establish this program and people are more likely to be a bit reflective about you know their own situation I mean, and what they're doing up an education program basically essentially yeah so i and, think no and and a treatment and yeah. sort of reinforcement so i think if you well. if you couch it not only in like don't drink alcohol yeah. but like live a healthier life that includes these things that's exactly like what washing i'm saying your hands and and yeah. also to be more self aware and so that yeah you might you might notice yeah hang on maybe i do drink a lot you might also be noticing hey you know i've had this weird rash for a long time maybe and maybe fewer more people in- congregating in bars fewer virus vectors possibly I'm devil's not- advocate <laughs> Everyone deserves to be drunk. It's right. And oh, no. no one can tell me otherwise. That's, I was I was very worried when he was starting out that this was going to be we need to ban alcohol. Fortunately, that's not his suggestion. <laughs> can I devil's advocate? Please. please. <laughs> if people are too stupid or do not seek education on how to best take care of themselves, Perhaps you should treat this plague what it is, like as what it is. Oh, Darwinian. Darwinian, <laughs> thank you. And just let them die. The population that is left will be strong and smart. <laughs> or <laughs> devil's advocate. Hitler's or, advocate, if you will. If we've learned anything from herd immunity, <laughs> those dumb people will probably take a fair few of the smart people with them. <laughs> but the ones that are left, oh, they will, will be, be immune emotionally. to that one disease. Yeah. <laughs> they won't catch the sniffles again, probably. You know, if if people were all of a sudden, you know, growing cannons instead of forearms, <laughs> and these, I'm with you. Yep. And these and these cannon forearms would just go off and kill random people, right? I don't think I'd be completely comfortable saying, "Ah, eh, that's just evolution." We'll. <laughs> We'll just we'll just let that. Oh, wait, carry wait, they, on. they naturally grew cannons. Oh, they oh, naturally wait. grew it cannons. Evolution. <laughs> You're the bad guy in the X Men. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, if they've naturally grown cannon arms, yep. it is evolution, though. People also are naturally inclined to be Kill a bit people more susceptible. With arms. Yeah, and be a bit more susceptible to a drink, and then get behind the wheel, and then do very regrettable things. I'm just saying, I'm not saying let them get drunk. I'm just saying let the plague take them out. That's I, all I'm saying. I am saying let them get drunk. And if they recognize that you they know, have it's, a problem, it's help. gone too far. Drinking is not a problem. Okay. Drinking and driving is a problem, and over drinking is a serious problem. And you only really get out of that when you're self aware enough to do something about it. 
But, it's fine. but it Don't also, kill people, whatever. Quick, but let's it, get to the banning option. All right, okay, all right. <laughs> Number two, that's lovely, says Conan Pena, a noted anti-alcohol advocate. In a perfect world where rehab fixes everything, 